long too. That's a, that's a day and a half. Ton, ton of good. Me- uh, dude, that's a ton of good metal. That'll be a good show. June seventh out of Blossom. Obviously today, tonight rather, Game One NBA Finals. We're excited. Um, I think it's an interesting series. I I have said for a while that I don't believe that uh, this Cavaliers team, as constructed, can win an NBA title. But I got to tell you, like I read a report today, apparently LeBron James told um, this woman, uh, I believe it was Rachel Nichols, that at some point during this season he thought, I don't even know if this team can make the playoffs. And then he's like, that's ridiculous. I got to go like next level, and I got to make sure we at least make the postseason. So that tells me in LeBron's head, and he's going to evaluate this differently than all of us on the sidelines looking at it, that he kind of feels like he's playing with house money. Like, I'm not even really supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here, but maybe the rest of this team maybe isn't so much. And if it weren't for me, this and that, to where he kind of feels like, you know, dude, this is house money. And a dude, a relaxed LeBron James not feeling the pressure like maybe he did two, three years ago might be something to see. It And, and dude, maybe... Maybe it, it just it, it aligns perfectly, and he does it. Yes, a lot of ifs, ands, and buts in there, but I agree. Yes, I, I, I take your point, and I think there's definitely something to be said about. Um, it makes sense why LeBron at one point thought, man, this team can't even make the playoffs when you look at the low points of this season. Well, they had to flip the roster over twice. And I mean, the thing with that is, is and I, and I know that it's like, well, did you win or lose any of those of those trades there? But at the end of the day, the, the Cavs haven't been, in my mind, capable of beating the Warriors since 2016 when they did it. Once Kevin Durant signed on board and it was like, hey, at that point, it just seemed like the gap was so far. So the fact that they get another swing at it and whether it is or is not going to happen I'm doubtful that it will Um, but the fact that they get another swing at it and the fact that it's a different look this time and I know it's going to be like well Kyrie Irving's better and this that and everything else and there's truth to that but at least it's different now I don't feel like it's a repeat of last year where it's like dude they're just not good enough even even as constructed they're just not good enough so 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 maybe the perfect storm of like well dude the role players all play their roles and everything goes right Maybe there, it feels like Maybe. it feels like are we setting up for Hoosiers too? where it's like this big, huge where 20 years from now, this is the basketball movie kids grew up with where the greatest player of a generation had some success, had won some titles. But then he had this just like ragtag bull Durham group of right. just like nobody dudes. And next thing you know, they're the they win. They beat the greatest team ever. Exactly. And I mean, like, dude, at this point, if this were to happen and once again, a lot of ifs in these sentences we're speaking here. But if this were to happen, I mean, number one, it ties this 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 rivalry up at two, two. And all of a sudden, the greatest team ever so much doesn't feel like that anymore. But like this definitely would have to to cement it as the as, Le, as cement LeBron as the greatest basketball player ever. Right I, uh, now, okay, you and has I, to. you and I agree, has to. but I don't think your argument of has to works. Wow, dude, I don't think people are going to let that pass. Wow, I really don't. It, the, you got to understand that people have misconceptions about things, and that that and that's where their opinions get formed. This Michael played against tougher competition thing is almost laughable. 
It really is. When you think about the fact that those guys were drinking, how many man, dude, those guys were like pounding drinks after games, smoking cigarettes in locker rooms, up all night. Dude, these guys are now in, in dude, freeze chambers the minute the game's over, in bed, got doctors on the sidelines. They're all like hooked up to machines like Ivan Drago 24 hours a day. They're more physically superior. They're faster, bigger, stronger, but Michael played against tougher competition. I mean, uh, yes, it, it's ridiculous to think. And like, I, you know, as a, as a LeBron fan, as somebody who definitely thinks he's, you know, the greatest of all time, um, it's not, there's not points for Jordan. It's the thing that irritates me is when people are like, LeBron couldn't have even played back then. And I'm like, he couldn't have played against Mark Price. You're telling me right now, LeBron James couldn't have played against Craig Elo. Not possible. He couldn't have played against Danny Ferry. Like, couldn't have done that. Not, he could have just couldn't have even went out there and, and dribbled a basketball in front of him. I think he could have, I, I, you know, that's, and that's where it just gets so asinine is, is uh, fine then. Dude, if you want to move people around in your one, two, three of the greatest of all time, if you, if your Mount Rushmore is different, fine. But this whole, like, well, he couldn't have done it. You do it. It was a different era. It's like, what that, are you talking about? It's idiotic. <laughs> that is laughable. I mean, it is, dude. A guy that is averaging like 36 in the postseason, you're telling me he couldldn't have made it in the 1980s NBA? I mean, he's six foot eight, 280 pounds of straight muscle. He couldn't have done it. Just couldn't have done it. Dude, honestly, I think he might have been better. <laughs> He, I mean, dude, he might have been better. Imagine, dude, Dan Marley bodying <laughs> up LeBron James. Right, right. I mean, dude, and that's the thing is a put those, no way. Put those rules in everyone that's always talks about it. It's like, oh, well, the game was so different. The hand back check then, thing, the hand right? Check. And it's like, dude, so well, put, those so, rules, put those rules on LeBron. Like, and dude, okay. who's, who's stopping it? Dude, for people listening right now who don't have the basketball knowledge, what is the hand you check? Could, rule? You, like, you used to be able to stop guys with your hands as opposed to just your body. Like, you were able to, like, you were able to impede their, 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 motion with their hand like, like hand on the waist like hey you're not going that and, way right you, okay. you so 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 as as things have kind of like evolved i mean obviously players have and players have gotten different and like you know it, it's one of those things well what if what, what if dr j had a three-point line it's like well, we don't know what would have happened then you can only play in the moment that you have in front of you you can only play on the team that you I have believe around dr. J you could have knocked down threes so like it, like it's it, 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 of course there's going to be those areas of gray where it's like well i don't know but when it comes down to people who are like well the guy just sucks He's terrible. He's a baby. He's a whiner. Shut up. Dude. Well, he has. Uh, well, hold on. Here's the thing, dude. He's he doesn't suck. He's not terrible. He's a great basketball player. He's definitely in the conversation for the greatest of all time. Def- in the conversation for sure. Everybody's even LeBron haters are willing to admit that. Oh, but, I disagree. But he does have. He well, I would when I say even LeBron haters, I mean reasonable ones. Like you know what I mean. I don't mean like some you know guy who won't put his real name on Twitter. I'm talking reasonable people do believe he's in the conversation of greatest of all time. But he. He does have a little bit of whiny crybaby tendencies in there. He does have a little bit of that. Certainly uh, enjoys the drama. And and here's the thing too is I think a lot of people when when they hear us talk about LeBron or at least me talk about LeBron, they're like, well, what about this negative and this negative and this? And it's like, well, dude, yes, he's done things that are detrimental to the Cavaliers and maybe things that I didn't necessarily agree with. But at the end of the day, are you taking him as a whole? Of course you are. If you're not, you're a liar. I will say this. I think. It's a shame LeBron James is a star and a celebrity in the area in the era that he's in. And and I say that to to mean this. Dude, he's a pretty good role model for your kid. You know what I mean? And like he I think he might honestly dude his greatness on and off the court LeBron may actually be underappreciated. 
Like, I know that sounds crazy to, to say when you think about, like, how much, you know, adulation he gets. But, dude, when you think about the fact that, dude, married his high school sweetheart. I know there's memes that, that, that say all this. I know I'm not the first guy to, like, stumble across this. But it is remarkable. Married his high school sweetheart. Is a good role model for his own children and yours. Does it the right way on and off the court. Never really been in a scandal. There's rumors about infidelity, but come on. Right? I, I, but, they're, but they are just that. There's absolutely not one hard piece of evidence. And so you can make the argument that maybe that's why there's rumors because people want to knock down this this honestly this example of how most people should go about their business i mean he is a little remarkable that way and it's almost a shame he's in this era where all people do is like knock down what they can't be it's a little that's a i almost feel bad for him in that regard now i there's another conversation around this nba finals that's making me crazy and i gotta handle this quickly this the golden state warriors are going to be without andre iguodala is making me so angry Like, I don't understand why this team gets this pass. I don't understand why Kevin Durant gets this pass. Why? Nobody's talking about the fact that LeBron won't have Kevin Love tonight. Why why are the Warriors, with their fifth best player, now getting sympathy from the NBA media? Um, Because it's LeBron. I mean, it just goes back to it, like, where uh, even you you saw throughout this playoff series, anytime Steph Curry had an off game, you would hear people talking about, well, he's got to be injured. When he's great, it's it's like, no, everything's fine. And when he, when, when something's slightly off, it's like, well, he's got to be injured. Um, it, it is, it's, it's, it's that team against LeBron. And it feels like with such greatness in front of you, you need every, every tool you have in the chest. So, well, I mean, yes, is it unfair to LeBron? But at the same time, it's part of what builds his legacy. I think so. Fingers crossed, dude. I hope Iguodala's out, and I hope that's what what leads to this victory for the Cavaliers. Yeah, game one tonight, nine o'clock. I wish they do, they would do some of these earlier, but they just no. refuse to do that. One of the um, hypocrisies in the Roseanne story ends up not being true. That one's already, but one of them's already been debunked. We'll run you through which. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning, the Stansberry Show, or the God of your choosing. Best morning. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Obviously, still today, the big story in the country is Roseanne and the cancellation off of uh, ABC. And there's a lot of stories in this. We're going to have to go to Roseanne probably three, four times today. Jeez. Um, But I want to start, and the first time we do Roseanne today... Which is a weird way to have said that. And now it has me thinking impure thoughts. Do it. Which, by the way, she looks better than she ever has. I mean, if you were ever going to have to do that mission, I think now is the time to be doing it. I actually saw Variety do like the evolution of like Roseanne Barr. And let me tell you, the early photos, not good. She actually looks better now. But this this rush of of stuff that happens when whenever there's one of these controversies that happens... Of whose side's right and whose side is more just. And uh, and I think you got to be careful with that. I think everybody has to be careful with that. I think the networks have to be careful with it. I think the, I think the viewers and, and the fans online uh, you know, and on Facebook, and I, th- I think they need to be careful because I think it gets real, real messy here. And part of the reason why that will happen is because misinformation goes back and forth. And apparently now, one of the things people were saying is, the View is on ABC, right? Okay. Now, they have had some awful things to say about the president. Joy Behar has had some awful things to say about Christians and people of faith. And and I would agree with all that. And there are double standards in this. And I said yesterday that if, to, to people who feel like they are conservative, who feel like liberals get away with this, you are right. 
They do a better job at this than than conservatives do. They job hunt better than you. They they victimize better than you. They they do. And I would start to examine it and figure out how you can be better at it in the future. I would admit that there's a bias here. There is. There are double standards in this for sure. There are. But one of the things that happens is is like misinformation goes back and forth. Essentially, what fake news, right? Well, one of the things was this Whoopi Goldberg because she's one of the hosts of The View. Wearing this shirt that has like a gun pointed to like a cartoon version or a drawing of Donald Trump and like blowing his own head out that says "Make America Great Again," I, I believe is what it was. Well, it turns out that photo's not real, and that that of, of course it was photoshopped, right? And how this happens, and how people know this is going to happen is they they have figured out the people who want us fighting with one another. They have figured out that all we want to be is right. Or, you know what I mean? All we want, and so we don't care if we are right, we just want to be right. And so we will post things before we know if they're legitimate arguing our sides of things, which is almost crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... The lack of shame that goes into, here was me loudly with my opinion, and then I don't have to stand up and say, hey, I was wrong on that, is, 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 uh, is crazy. The concept of convincing someone else, someone who feels differently about you, is out the window. It's domination now is kind of what I think we're all looking for in our arguments. It's not like, hey, if I show this person my points, if I show this person the proof, I will be able to pull them into my line of thinking. Therefore, it'll make the world a better place. However, I view it. It's no longer about that. It's I'm right. You're wrong. You're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it is. And that is a problem in the country. I think at, at, at its core, one of the biggest problems in the country is that concept of like I don't want to and I don't want to sound corny but like that concept of like loving somebody regardless and like having respect for somebody I don't mean love like you want to like go make out with them I'm just saying like having that like you're you're still an American we're still on the same team you're still a teammate of mine we don't look at each other like that you're the enemy now and that's certainly I think a big part of the problem with like with the conversation in the country right now yeah that's definitely true. I mean, um, I, I can tell you what the feeling was when I grew up in the 1980s, which was we had a unified enemy in Russia. And so if you got into an argument with American, you'd still be like, yeah, but you're still one of us. Well, yeah, but we hate communism, but, right? But the problem is now, dude, is that if you try to get a unified enemy with people who are legitimately against that dude, that there's everybody's got their opinion now. And dude, so you're a bigot for hating that. That's why we're all arguing with one another. We're not even allowed to hate people from other places well, together. And now it's like, well, is Russia good? Is Russia bad? Is it good? <laughs> You know, and it's well, well we don't, that's fair it, too. I mean, so, the, so there's definitely, you know, and I think that all stems from is the fact that we've just kind of lost perspective on that. Um, when it comes to this Whoopi Goldberg thing and it comes to fake news, I think that I think the term fake news has gotten thrown around a lot and it's kind of lost some of its meaning. Like, at its core, like, it is true though. Well, I mean, like, but like, but there's a difference to me between a news report being wrong and like fake news in the sense of like is it propaganda was I it, disagree you, you think propaganda is different than a, an in, in, I, incorrect news report I, no I disagree and here's why because the effect on the American population is the same exact thing and I don't believe and here's why and here's why I don't believe uh, like a news report necessarily just accidentally being not factual 
is and why it's as dangerous and why I will still classify it as fake news. Because when you get the story wrong, it's on the front page. But when you retract it, it's on the last page. Nobody reads. And every news outlet is guilty of that. And they don't. They no longer care if they're... Dude, everybody just wants to be first. Nobody wants to be factual. They all just want to be first. Get the click. We got to be the first ones. And that's how it happens. I have said for months now, years, about a year even, is that everybody laughs at the fake news moniker as if Brian Williams didn't happen. But it did happen. And that was calculated to mislead you in massive stories. So, dude, if it can happen to NBC News, like a blue chip of this, you mean to tell me all these pop-up news shows that have been all over and, like, all these side channels and blogs and websites aren't going to fall prey to that? Of course they are. Fake news is totally a thing. And that's, they know you just want to post it. You just want to be mad. You just want to scream. That's all you, you're not, none of us are interested in actually resolving anything. We just want to let off steam. And they know that. And so they know that's why, why do you think these pictures get doctor? How do, I mean, this is me asking you as like devil's advocate here. How do we know that Whoopi Goldberg's not lying? How do we know that shirt's not real? Well, I, I mean, there, there's, you know, I, because I, because I can go back to the original photo and see her wearing the shirt that actually says, if you think I was a, is an angry woman before, wait till you see, or whatever it is. I'm paraphrasing. That one's doctored. Wow, I mean, right? I mean, like what, at this point, what's stopping me from saying well, that? Yes, if we want to argue it, it, and I know you're not doing this with me, I, but if people want to argue it, like a four-year-old, to where like, well, nothing, then, 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 yes, let's just spin around. I mean, there's people who are saying the Earth is flat. I, so, like, but you know what I, I mean, but well, I, yeah, actually, did you, did you see that now? People, the, the flat Earthers are now saying Australia is a myth and okay. it's not really there. And like that, <laughs> okay. I read that right. yesterday, and honestly, right. I stopped reading it in the Done middle of it because I could feel myself getting dumber. <laughs> but I will say there is definitely a double standard here. If you take Roseanne off TV, I'm not sure Joy Reid should be on TV. And Joy Behar has said things that are close enough, dude. Who Joy Behar has definitely said things in front of a camera on the View that would have gotten other people fired. There's no doubt. Joy Reid as well. It's there is a double standard here. I just don't know what you're talking about. I well, I mean, I Joy Reid's blog about homophobes, or, or, or I'm sorry, about how uh, how homophobic she was. I mean, it was terrible. What Joy Behar said about Christians and the Christian faith, aligning them next to honestly, she called it a mental disorder. I believe that's dude for, for that for her not to be removed from a network over that. I think is almost crazy. For the standard of what we've seen in other things, to attack an entire group of people like that, for Joy for Joy Reid to attack an entire group of people like that, the LGBT community, which, again, the left pretends like we love them. We pretend like we love them. And yet when one of our own is kind of out there, blogs are exposed, and what she say? Well, maybe I was hacked. We find out, they, they investigated, we find out she was not hacked whatsoever, not even a little bit. She wrote all this stuff, and she's still going to draw a paycheck from the same company. There is a double standard here. Conservatives are right about this. They are, and this is what I'm always saying. This is why I try to play as fair as I can. I can't be one of these people who leans left and just pretends this stuff doesn't happen because that's how it's always going to continue to happen. And I want my side to play as fair as I want the other side to play. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to get done. I want this to stop being just propaganda machines and I want to start getting the issues and I want to start figuring this thing out. But of course, we never will because it's all being done by human beings and all of them are awful. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got 
Gideon on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show. In summertime, it is officially upon us. And let me tell you something. No matter what you have planned for this summer, whether it's going camping, going out on the beach, maybe out on the boat, going swimming, whatever you want to do for summertime fun, it is going to be a lot easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. Which is why I want you to talk to the good people at the Roholt Vision Institute. They're the people who did my LASIK surgery two years ago, man, and I am still seeing 2020. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. You can also find uh, everything Stansberry Show related at WRQK.com, which, by the way, up there right now, there's a video from a band I like, NoFX. I like that band. But they're on stage saying into a microphone some horrible things about that mass shooting that happened in Las Vegas. I couldn't even believe it when I heard it. Terrible. Yeah, it was not. It was honestly, that was a very poor opinion. When I when I thought, when actually, when I watched that yesterday, I was like, now, Roseanne's opinion, not great. But this opinion might have been worse. I, and, and I don't really want to be that guy, which like which was more, you know what I mean, disrespectful of this and that. But what NoFX had to say about that shooting was not great. That's available for you at WRQK.com. For those of you who listen to the program a lot, you should know, I or maybe have heard, I grew up in a very religious household. My father was a minister. And with that comes what people like to consider strong values. But things can get weird inside religion. We all know that. And I'm a fan of people. I'm scared of groups of people. I uh, I like everybody individually. It's when you all start banding up and start making groups of stuff where it's like, eh, I don't want to be in that, right? And so that's where religion just kind of gets a little tricky with me. But I believe there are great people of faith in this country who just disagree on some things with, you know, with me. And that's fine. But I believe there are great people in faith. And then I believe, like anything else, there are snake oil salesmen. And there are crooks. And there are a ton of religious crooks. So many that I can't believe we keep falling for it. So many of these guys are living very... (laughs) In contrast to what their message is. Yeah, I mean, so many examples just for the past decades, dude. Longer than that, sure. But, like, it just feels like these, you know, these dudes on TV, how many times do you have to see this dude exposed before you're like, okay, I'm not going to fall for this anymore. Now, you know, if, dude, if you have, you know, your relationship with your church and, you know, you feel like your pastor or whatever, you know, like that's somebody you respect, that's fine. But these dudes on TV who are just up there shucking and jiving, dude, it it, it feels to me like, what are you, who are you? An idiot? You, know, you believe in this guy? I think so. Yeah, I, I think once you start pointing TV cameras at at a minister, I would get a little weary about that. I, I do. I think I get a little weary about that. Now, again, I was raised by one, and I used to beg him to sell out like this. Like, dude, let's do ghost because he had, honestly, my dad was on the radio back in the day. There was a radio station, I believe, it was one zero three three WCRF, and it was like a it was like a a religious radio station. And so, like, I thought, I was like, you know, he used to take me to the studio when I was a kid. There's obviously a correlation. It's probably how I ended up at doing this. But, like, there, and, and I remember thinking, like, dude, sell out. Like, let, dude, let's get some cool cars up in here. Let's get some Jim Baker stuff going on. 1033 The Cross. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. <laughs> awesome. I think it was. I think, awesome. it, I think it was. The Apostle. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it was called. I don't, I don't know. Radio's terrible, especially in the 80s. The worst. Who knows what they were called? Two it. for Tuesday with the Lord. <laughs> Methuselah next, three to seven. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But I bring this up to tell you that there's a guy in Louisiana. Apparently, he's got a, you know, one of these you know televangelist shows, right? That he's telling his flock, 
the good the, the good people of faith. He needs fifty four million 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 dollars. Fifty four million. Now you might ask, what the hell does he need it for? New house of worship? Maybe right. he wants to go Joel Osteen, get a super church. Right. Maybe it's one of those things, right? Maybe he's gonna get that fifty four million and give it back to the poor. Give it to the you know the downtrodden. Come on, dude. What we got here? Let's not let's not get crazy. <laughs> okay, what we got here? He claims that God spoke to him and told him to get a Falcon 7X. Now, most of us don't even know what that is. No. A Falcon 7X is a private plane. He said, Jesse, you want to come up where I'm at? And I asked God, what do you mean? He said, I, I want you to believe in me for a Falcon 7X. And apparently, he is telling his his flock of people that he needs this so he can fly around the country, preach the gospel, and not have to stop for fuel. Well, Jesse, you got to get off the plane to preach the gospel. You can't fill it up when you land. Like so, like come on, dude. How can people for a private plane? Like, if I get how a guy can go on TV or even in your local community and kind of hustle people into giving you money for a new church, a new building, and right. then you're going to you're going to snake some money off the top of the build like, like a total crook. I see how that happens. I don't see how you're watching TV, although I say that. And dude, my mom's parents were a little crazy like this. Like like you would go into their living room and they'd be watching stuff like this. Like the 700 club in my mom's parents' living room was not like crazy. Framed picture of Ernst Angley just sitting there like what what is this? Like what are we doing with our lives yeah, right now? I'm sure my mom's mom Betty she may have lap danced Ernest Angel. Like, I'm sure, dude. What are we talking about? I mean, dude, that, that, may, that may have been the first twerk session are in the country. Me? But, dude, how do you fall for a $54 million jet? Who? I mean, listen, now at the end of the day, I know you and I talking in here. I have a flock. There's 20 million of you, dude. I And I can barely keep the lights on in my apartment. You guys are falling down on your listenership job. Who, who, who are you, though, to question that God spoke to him? Is, does that make you just as bad as the people who are, you know, I okay, mean. Well, can this be like a tag team match and I get to call in a scientist and like we get to. <laughs> if we get to start calling in scientists based on faith things, I think we're going to be in a very different conversation right here. But like, but one of the things that I, we just talked about was, was that chick on The View who said that talking, having the Lord talk back to you is crazy as opposed to you talking to the Lord. How do you know the Lord didn't talk to him? I believe, well, I believe if you hear the, if you tell me you actually hear a voice like most times, again, like I don't believe this is why I hate this stuff as much as I do is because I believe my father gets painted into this craziness. And I think that there's a difference. Like he would tell me all the time at the dinner table, Daniel, stop taking the Bible so literally. And it, it's not it's dude, quit taking it so literally. And he did not believe he could hear the voice of God. He would have told you that God would speak through other people and you would see examples of things and be like, ah, that's why I should do this. Not hearing voices in his room. You have little faith. Like, and, 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 and like, I mean, like, if... But you wouldn't even... you Okay, fine. Let's say you're a good person of faith and you believe God speaks to people. You don't start to raise your suspicion when it comes down to $60 million jets. Mysterious ways. You can, dude, you can price line. You can... <laughs> For like 69 bucks. They're still running the commercials. Captain Kirk been dead a few years. There he is. He and the, that stupid broad from the Big Bang Theory are getting you out of town for $199. What does this guy need a $60 million jet for? 
Jesus. Browns player, Demarius Randall, already walking back his comments. Duh, duh. Already walking him back. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Available for you now at WRQK.com uh, if you happen to be a gamer. We now have uh, not one but two videos kind of confirming what's going to be in the new Fallout game. Fallout 76 is going to be your title. We'll get, we'll get more. Uh, we'll get more at the E3 conference. But uh, everything we know to be confirmed and an official trailer for that game is available at WRQK.com in the Sandsbury Show section. I am a huge fan of the Fallout series. I have loved every game in that series. Big, huge fan. Can't wait for that to come out. 76 of them? No, 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 no. It's, I believe this is alluding you to the okay. year okay. in which the game okay. will be played. Okay. All right. I was going to say, good yeah. Lord. Now, is what is Fallout? Is that like a, a first-person shooter? No. It's okay. A, I believe technically classified as an RPG role-playing game. Okay. Um, and you're in, you start the game out in a Fallout shelter. Okay. Like after, like, you know, massive, you know, explosion, that whole thing. And you're kind of, you have this thing. It's so stupid. God, I hate when you make me explain video games, dude. I hate it because I always sound like such an idiot because they're all so moronic, but so much fun. But you have this thing on your wrist. I believe it's called a Pip Boy. And it's um, okay. You can actually buy them. You can actually buy them at like GameStop. You can actually buy them. And you can, no, not only that, you can actually download the app for your phone and then put it in the thing, wear it, and play the game like that. Okay. Yeah, I don't have that. Okay. Okay, Just for the record. And, you know, you got to like build your character. Like, do you want him to be smarter or stronger? And like, you, you know, you, uh, you know, you apply attributes and the like. And then, and then you bail (laughs) out of this conversation nobody cares about. And, you know, you just hope the nerds go to wrqk.com. So you can get these goddamn web hits so your boss can stop sending you these emails. Just watch Fallout at WRQK.com for me, dude. Just do it. I'm sick of reading these emails, man. I'm tired of it. We made you aware of this story yesterday. Uh, Demarius Randall, Browns player, is a Golden State Warriors fan. Right? And he said, look, if if LeBron and company win the uh, the NBA Finals, I will buy everyone a jersey who retweets this. We did a little math yesterday on the program. Fantone found out for us that at the time we were on the air yesterday that it would have been around $32 million worth of jerseys he would have had to cough up. He does not have that kind of money. He no, we, I think somebody told us yesterday his contract's for like $2 million bucks a year or something like that. That's a lot of money for somebody only making two. Yeah, I would agree. A lot of money for people making a lot more than that. And there was people who said on Twitter, there's no chance he comes through with this. And then he tweeted back, oh, well, there's a 100% chance. I come through with this. Double down there. Double down. Okay. Now, because it's hit the wires and everybody in the world's talking about this, it's not just like an Ohio story. Like, national media outlets are talking about this. He's now backpedaling like we told you he would and has said, well, you know, I mean, obviously it was a joke. Well, no, obviously you came back and said, no, 100% chance I'll do this. And what you've realized now is, is that, you wrote a check that your ass can't cash, and you're terrified, terrified that LeBron will find a way to win this. And let me tell you, you're in the town where LeBron plays this game. And if you don't think this has rung loud in that locker room, I think you're crazy. And the last guy in the world I would give bulletin board material to, well, is Bill Belichick. But, but, but right behind that, the last guy I would give bulletin board material to, is LeBron James. This is a crazy thing now here, and I think if they do it, you do got to come through and buy these jerseys, right? Well, I mean... I mean, I don't know how you do it. 
Do I think you you should have to? Yeah, but like, I I mean, is a tweet a legal obligation? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I legally obligated to? I don't I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't think it's a legal obligation. I but you know, there's social currency though. So so I could just put anything out there on Twitter and. There's no like, there's no like, you said this, therefore you have to do it. There's no, you know what I'm saying? Like there's. Well, I mean, isn't that weird? We want to hold Roseanne accountable for what she said on Twitter, but we don't want to hold Demarius Randall accountable for what he had said. That seems crazy. I mean, there's pro- there's. It, I mean, shouldn't the negative backlash of his tweet have to ha- have to bite him in the ass the way the negative backlash of other tweets have had to bite people? In? I guess maybe a difference between like saying, "Hey, I'll buy a jersey," versus "Hey, oh, I think all black people are apes." Well, dude, there's a massive difference in the two things. I'm not. I, I don't want. No, 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 no. Thank you for that. I don't want anybody walking away trying to think that I, that I'm trying to equate those two things as the same level. But you take my point though that if it is a legitimate medium. To holding people to what they say. Uh, yes, and yes, I mean, I, I mean, y- right? y- sure, sure. I mean, you're saying it in a public fashion, but like, but I could go out, I could go out on a street corner right now and say, "Hey, I'm buying everybody football jerseys," and if I don't buy them football jerseys, nobody's coming to like put handcuffs on me or anything. Would That's- I not be held accountable for that kind of statement? You don't think? If you were saying it here via the microphone, yes, yes, because you have an FCC regulated airwaves on us right now legally. Like when we give away There's prizes, rules. I always make this argument to people who are like, "Well, pff, I never won anything." I'm like, "Well, we give it all away. Like nobody's holding on to this stuff. Like nobody's like, so so there." Well, I mean, I got a Slayer guitar. In my <laughs> so, so so there is no there is no you know false advertisement on Twitter though because there's no FCC regulating it. Where it's like if 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 we're lying to you about a a, a good about a service, about, you know, something we have, yeah, no, we, we have a legal obligation. Yeah, there's a governing body that that, that makes sure that, that stuff like that does not happen. You, so you're right about that. And, okay, well, I don't want to get bogged down in shoulds. But I, if I'm Demarius Randall, I find a way to get this done. I find a way to do it. Well, I think, and I don't think you can back and say, dude, you can't double down and say, no, 100% chance I'm going to do it, and then say it was a joke. That part you can't do. I think at the very least what you could probably do is... Um, I'm sure you could get with a charity. I mean, like, I it's going to end up donating to, right jerseys to kids who can't afford jerseys. I, That's I, what it's going to be. At the very least, I mean, you look at like the charge who do like a jersey giveaway. Like, they're capable of getting five thousand jerseys and giving them away. I think at that point, all you would have to do is find a McDonald's, find a you know Sprite, maybe find something that you know that LeBron's associated with, so you can do this. But yeah, that's how funny this is, is that if it happens, LeBron's going to be the one that has to come to the rescue and bail your ass out. But it, it, and, and then you'd probably have to do it like, yo, we're giving away 500,000 of these jerseys, or maybe that's a bit much. We're giving away 5,000 of these jerseys. You have to come down to the stadium, though. And then at that point, who's going to make the drive to go, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to, yeah. people aren't really going to expect to redeem them. It would be a logistical. I don't know how people do that Couldn't when it's like, it. hey, you retweet and you win this. I, it, it would be a logistical nightmare. So I am more than a few of you are raising this point via social media platforms as I'm talking about people needing to be held accountable for what they say. And they want to know if I was held accountable when I told an entire city, state full of people that Metallica would be playing in a parking lot. Now, here's what I'll say on that. No, I did not have to supply Metallica to you. 
but an entire police department was in the hallway of a radio station, hands on guns, ready to threaten me with with like inciting a riot, and I, dude, I almost lost my job. So I was held accountable just this much. But you're right, it was not a thirty-two million dollar price tag, and that was the price yesterday. I would imagine that the retweets are actually much higher now. Joe Thomas quoted the tweet and said, "I'm so confident in my at calves." If the Warriors win the 2018 NBA Finals, I'll buy anyone who retweets this a signed Steph Curry game-worn jersey. Even you, Randall Time, talking to Demarius Randall right there. Big differences there is he said anyone. Anyone. Which is different than saying everyone. Huge difference right there. Anyone. Joe Thomas is going to be able to, to, to buy one jersey and send it out to a fan. Oh, see, I read his tweet so fast, like everybody else did, and just assumed because I was like, "He's crazy." Anyone who be anyone who retweets that, man, I was like, "Dude, a game?" Because when, dude, when you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because when you read the tweet, it's like a game signed. You know what I mean? Jersey, like that's gonna be nuts. Yeah, you're right. It's gonna be any one person, right? Different than everyone. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Demarius Randall may learn a lesson there, man. You got to watch Twitter, dude. You got to watch it. And I think if we're going to have to, dude, if we're going to hold people accountable, then we got to have to hold people accountable. Picking and choosing where we're doing it, I think might be an unfair system because I think that's how people get in trouble on Twitter. It's because I think sometimes it's like, well, you kind of laughed that one off, but you had to take this ultra seriously. I think we need to decide what the platform is. And if we're going to hold people accountable, I think you need to do that across the board. There's a crazy idea. For Roseanne to continue. There's a crazy idea, and I'll run you through it next on Rock 1069. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. And again, that's where you can check out this video of uh, that punk band, NoFX, who I like, by the way. I really do like that band. And they make a great beer called uh, Punk and Drublick uh, by Stone Brewing, who had awful things to say. This band had awful things to say about the mass shooting that happened in Las Vegas. Uh, if you want to check that out, that's available for you, WRUK.com. It's going to be interesting to see if Stone Brewing wants to separate themselves from from NoFX after uh, after hearing that. They're uh, they're in cahoots together on like a tour, um, the Punk and Drublet tour. It kind of like travels around. It's like one of these festival type things. I am. Um, obviously, Punk Rock has a very um, brash in your face. Like, yeah, that's it, it, it's offensive. Uh, by nature, but like I don't know if I don't know if you say somebody's offended about something. Like, good lord, look out! But like, this was certainly offensive. It's something I wouldn't have said. Give you a little baseline on the kind of comment it was. It's available for you at wrqk.com. So uh, Roseanne making waves, and uh, I said yesterday on the show when people thought I was nuts. That I think the thought there was a possibility she maybe did it on purpose. That there's a be careful what you wish for component in life, and that those things don't fall out of the sky. As a matter of fact, Tom Arnold tweeted out later in the day, and I was surprised more people didn't pick this up. She wanted it to happen. Ex-husband was, Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised more people didn't pick up on that when he said that. Um, I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you that this could have been done intentionally. Um, I don't. I think it's less though that like oh, I don't want to do this show anymore. This sucks. And I think it was more like if I do this, and it's a big gamble for her. But if I do this, I become cemented as the queen of that movement of that of of this like. Stop being so PC about everything. Stop. I can say whatever I want. Jokes are jokes, and like I think that's what it more was. Um. 
she's essentially trying to... Get- I think maybe if that were the case, you don't go so quickly to blame the ambient for it. But I don't hate your take. That's an interesting take. I'm not sure you're wrong. I'm not sure you then you would blame the ambient for it had that been the thought process. But that's an interesting examination into that for sure. Now, there's a group of people out there that want this show to continue. And they're willing to compromise. And their thing is, just do Roseanne without Roseanne. Oh, God. And I don't Why? get this. So there's, yeah. a, there's a woman who works here in the building. Ugh. And she was, I guess, like one of the biggest Roseanne fans ever. Okay. And she said, like, she was wrong for what she tweeted, but the show wasn't any good. Like, she's like, I didn't really like the reboot. And I love, she's like, I own all the seasons of the original run and all this stuff. And she's like, once you got past the first week, it really wasn't delivering. Now, I don't know. I only saw the first two episodes. Worth noting here, this woman is not like a blowhard liberal. Like, she's very like, I don't know. She doesn't even like bring stuff like that into the equation. I have no idea where she falls on the political line other than I think she would want you to be nice to people. Yeah. Like that's yeah. as about as that's as far as I know what her political leanings are. So it's it's not like I mean there's some people in this building who if they told me the Roseanne show sucks I'd be like okay Tony we get it you hate it okay right but this woman's certainly not the case here yeah you can't shrug it off as you know right. what I mean as one of those things and so she was like I was ready for the show just to go away but people kind of want to see this continue without Roseanne and so I was playing ABC chairman in my head all morning okay like who do I get. The problem is, nobody fills that role. Oh, the no- Roseanne role? Yeah. Okay, so if we kick her out and we're recasting I'm her. recasting it. I'm playing the ABC head, you know, in, in my head, and I can't name the actress. Uh, what is that fat chick's name? Um, See, but why is that what you're doing? Because that's what you're going to do. You have to have it somebody like that. Like, Melissa McCarthy, isn't that what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's um, who you're thinking of. But, dude, I don't think she's she's funny. She's got great comedic delivery, awesome timing. I'm not sure it's the same snark. Who's that chick on? And Melissa McCarthy's not going to want to deliver the conservative jokes. Um... So it's Mike and Molly be, was Melissa McCarthy. I'm, I'm trying to think of that. I think there's some other chick that I think could do this. Right but, now, um, aren't women in America going, Jesus Christ, we can't even list fat actresses off the top of our that's head because there's gonna, so few of them on TV? That's what I was going to say. Is and, and that's the thing is like it it has to be like a plus size woman in the sense of like you can't put you know you know you can't put Jennifer Lawrence in that role and be like oh she's just an everyday chick like you and me. No. I think that's an important part of Roseanne is that like it, she was everyday American. She real, was a fat slob like us. Related. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for so, sure. So, like, that wasn't you know, but but you ha- but you have to do that. I don't know. Do they do it? Do they do it? The Connors without Roseanne? Oh, that it, sounds like it would be bad. It all sounds terrible, dude. This is just like like when The Office lost what's his name, Michael Scott, and when Three and a Half Men or Two and a Half Men lost uh, Charlie Sheen. Just it, let it die, guys. Just let it die. The best days are behind you. Like this doesn't have to continue to happen. It's not like oh my god, dude. If we don't have more of the office. How will we live our lives? I'm reaching here, but Kirstie Alley? Okay. But again, I'm only Fitz. nominating her because of how heavy she is. Right, and she might right. not even be heavy right now. I was going to say, this isn't even like us looking at them from, from an actor perspective. This is just like, hey, one's got to be a fat chick, right? I think if you do Roseanne without Roseanne, and I'm saying if you do the Connors, and I could see ABC making this mistake. I really could. Yeah, it's a mistake for sure. But that falls flat. And here's the thing. If this thing fell flat on its face and it failed with Roseanne at the head, that's one thing. If you try to do this without her after booting her and then it fails, 
you just look like dumbasses yeah. who didn't know the most obvious thing in the room. And at that point, I got to start questioning your leadership. If you could, if ABC, and I mean, I'm sure they lost tens of millions of dollars in ad revenue with this, but if you can make that sacrifice for the number one show, and it's like, well, dude, it's worth walking away from, it's obviously going to be worth walking away from the Roseanne list, Roseanne, which would be at best, like, what, the number five show? You know what I'm saying? There's no way it's going to be as successful as that. So if you're walking away from this, you can walk away from that. I understand characters have been replaced on TV shows. I'm trying to think of the time it's been done and things got better. And I'm having a hard time with that one. Spin City with Charlie Sheen and Michael J. Fox. I like the Michael J. Fox ones better. I did. Uh, is that? Oh, it was Sheen first, right? Is nope. that, Michael no, J. Michael J. Fox first, and then he got Parkinson's or whatever, and, and, um, and Sheen came in. Yeah, I think the Michael J. I, the, both were great. I really did like that city, but or that show. Sorry, but um, yeah, probably Michael J. Fox's were better. I'm trying to think of the time where it got better, and it's rare. I mean, so much so that I can't even. I don't even have an example. Um, some people would say Kirstie Alley, actually going back to her with Cheers, but I mean, I felt like what's her name that played Diane Chambers was excellent. So, I mean, you know, the chemistry between her and Sam was great. I don't, this isn't, you can replace a guitar player in three doors down, but you can't replace Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? It's, I'll give you, again, another band example, a band I love, Kiss, right? Now, they talked about how they're going to do it when Paul and Gene can't do it, but guess who's not going to be in the audience? Me. Like, you can replace Ace Freely. I wish you wouldn't, but you can because it's only Ace Freely. You start putting in a new Paul Stanley up there, dude, and I know it's hackery. Like, it's a little bit different. And if if you do that and it falls flat, you're to blame. ACDC? Axl Rose? Not better. I I would say the better argument for ACDC is to say Brian Johnson ended up filling in and doing better than what Bon Scott had done. That's the better ACDC analogy. But... I'm not sure Brian Johnson was any better. I think he just, well, I mean, Back in Black was one of the best things they did, and it was like the first record with them, and that, you cannot argue, catapulted them into, like, star category. I mean, legitimately, Back in Black's so good, people, there are people who are under the belief that it's a greatest hits record. That's the best argument there, but I just don't see the person who could slide into the Roseanne role, and I definitely don't think you do the show without her or kill her off. I think it comes off as hackery, and it's just more example of people just out there going, this is why I'm a cord cutter, because this is what TV thinks is good. I think, honestly, if you're going to be done, you just be done. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Online for you at WRQK.com. It's pretty much been Roseanne and LeBron all day today. Imagine that marriage. I um, Weird one, right? Yeah. Weird one. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a lot of suggestions for this, what to do with Roseanne. And it seems to be like there are a lot of people who think, dude, you just bump her off on the show. And you can continue. And I disagree. I don't see it. I just... There, there are other actresses that maybe, but like Roseanne was, dude, she was breakthrough the first time around for a lot of reasons. A, she was gruff, and we weren't used to women like being that rough and putting men in their places like that. She was kind of like on the forefront of that, and then she was relatable in the way she looked. Roseanne, when that show premiered, dude, that might as well have been Maslin, Ohio. I mean, right? Like, I mean, oh yeah, it, it, oh it, yeah. It, that's why I think that's why it connected so well. For sure. And I think you would have a hard time today 
A, finding an actress who's interested in delivering that dialogue, because a lot of them aren't. A lot of people in the arts do lean the other way. So that would then limit your talent pool. Then you need somebody... Somebody said to me, there's this other show on ABC, this woman, her, uh, uh, the show's called American Housewife. I, uh, Katie Nixon, I think, is her name. And she used to be on Mike and Molly, too. She was absolutely Melissa McCarthy's like sister on the show, and they played her as like the hot, dumb, slutty one on that. But I don't know if she put on weight or if they made her put on weight or if there's a suit she wears, but she's a little bit curvier in this new show, American Housewife, and she is a little bit Roseanne-ish. And that, you know, people are like, maybe she could do it. And I don't think she's rough enough around the edges. Like, Roseanne was, like, she's gruff. And I think that that Katie Nixon woman's a little too cutesy. And I don't think she is, I don't think the dialogue's right for her. I don't think that, and that's going to be all of it. Being able to sell what you're saying is going to be all of it. And I don't, I just, I am failing to come up with the actress's name. I, I just, like I said, I, I, I think no matter who it is, you're walking into a loser here. It doesn't really matter. Uh, who, I, I don't think you could be a Roseanne Ringer, and it's still not going to work. I think the backlash is going to be too real on this. The people who were invested into this show, who felt like this show was championing their, championing their causes, who felt like this show was a representation of them, I feel like that 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 bridge has been burnt, and now it's just going to be Darlene and and John Goodman sitting there cashing the checks without the without the thing that made it what it cow. was. Right? I mean, why am I watching this? Yeah, and like I said, I think if you're Disney, if you're ABC, and this thing falls flat on its face with her on the screen, that's one thing. And but if you try to do this without her and it doesn't work. The people who want her still to be on TV and don't think what she said should get her removed from TV, they win. You can't take that risk. You can't let that group of people win. Not if you want to take this kind of stand. And more so, I think there's a bigger point here. I get why they did it. I get why they took her off the air. For sure I do. And I get there's hypocrisies in this and there's what about this. And we're going to get into the Keith Olbermann thing later in the show. I am. I promise. I am going to address that. Okay, not going to do it here, but it will happen later in the program. Okay, but if I'm a network right now, I know what we got to do. But in the back of my mind, when I'm in my $125,000 luxury car on my way home at night, what I'm thinking is, dude, if we got to go down the road with every single one of these celebrities that's on every one of my shows, I'm going to have nobody. All of these people are going to have negative opinions somewhere. All of them are capable of saying something that's going to offend somebody sooner or later. They've definitely all been on record one, at one time doing something that somebody in today's climate could definitely take issue with. As a matter of fact, I'm a perfect example of what I'm talking about right now. There is a, I have a folder full of audio listed as show promos from a previous version of this show that you're listening to that were run on the radio station as advertisements to get you to listen to that show. None of those jokes could be on this show today. None of them. And they were used as recyclers to pull you in. What the expectation of what we do, what entertainment has done, and what we are allowed to do and where we allowed to go has dramatically shifted in my just under 20 years of being surrounded around this industry. It is dramatically shifted. As a matter of fact, the guy saying to me, just reboot Married with Children. Yeah, dude, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Do you think America's going to sit idly by now? I, maybe there's a great example of this still happening on TV, and maybe I'm just missing an easy thing. I don't even have TV, so for all I know, there's 100 shows like this. But do you think Al Bundy 
talking that kind of trash to his wife and that disrespectful to his kids as a sitcom plays? I'm not sure. TBS runs it every day. Like, Married is on every single day. I think there is a difference in something you already have versus recreating something from, from scratch and doing it new. Or trying to redo that system. And I think, guys, if you think that Married with Children comes back and Kelly's played as a dumb blonde whore and Bud's the sex crazy, I think the characters all change. Bud's going to be like, well, it'll be... Bud will have trans issues. Kelly will have... You're not going to get Married with Children. You're going to get 2018 Married with Children. You got Roseanne, though, right? So why wouldn't... If that worked, why wouldn't... I I think because Roseanne was in charge. The, and I think and I think Roseanne said, no, we're doing it this way. I don't think Ed O'Neill doesn't have that power, I don't think. I mean, to, who's had who's had more hits since their heyday? Ed O'Neill's got another hit show under his belt. Yeah, you can make the argument the ensemble cast. Does Roseanne have anything other than Roseanne? Was she in anything other than that? No, she was just a fantastic, great massive ticket seller stand-up comedian. People forget that. She was a massive, massive hit as a stand-up comedian. When was the last... I mean, like, I've never seen a Roseanne stand-up. Is, has there been anything other than... You know what I'm saying? Like, it, No, she got lucky in that in that early, like, mid-80s, early 90s boom of, like, everybody was looking for stand-up comedians. She had, like, two good specials. I believe she did an HBO hour, and she got real famous because I think she actually brought the vacuum out. And like did the, that whole bit. I know the vacuum bit is what like kind of like rocketed her into stardom, and women went like, "Yeah, that's me, that's me." And there's no voice of that on TV. She did benefit from the climate she was in, and but she, like again, she was like one of the first women out there, like kind of like pushing that boundary of what women could be on television. Like I understand she's in a lot of like hot water right now, and she should be. And blaming the ambience crazy, like that's all nuts. But she was a visionary. Does another network pick this up? I saw people falling for the Fox thing's going to pick it up. I don't think so. I think now, not only, dude, this is a massive problem now. This is not just a network let her go problem now. I know that's what people want to say. Well, Disney and you hire Joy Reid and you hire, you know, you know Keith Olbermann. And again, I'm going to get into the Olbermann thing a little later in the program. But I think now you got problems with, with the cast not wanting to do it with her. It's not just Disney. It's not. It's going to be Sarah Gilbert. It's going to be. It's. It, it's going to be John Goodman. It's going to be like. Do these people still want to show up and work with her? I can. I can. I can recast all of those. people. I don't think you can. I think that's an easier fix than people think it is. And if you could recast it, you would have done the reboot by recasting it and making it cheaper. They knew they couldn't recast it. That's why they went back and got everyone because that's the only way it's special. I think trying to recast this thing is absolutely crazy. If you're done, you're done. Game one, NBA Finals. We'll get a look ahead next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, 930. We'll pass out those Slayer tickets. That show June 7th out of Blossom. You're also getting Anthrax, Testament, Behemoth, and Lamb of God. Wow. What a good show. I don't know if they're starting to think at noon or what, but like, Jesus. Is that going to be good? It's a long show. That's a long one, yeah. June 7th out of Blossom. We'll get you hooked up around 9.30 this morning. Game 1 NBA Finals tonight, 9 o'clock. A lot going on here. A lot going on. 
Uh, I am of the belief that I believe LeBron James leaves the Cavaliers. Now, I will admit that there is this interesting idea of maybe he signs the player option, stays one more year, gives the rest of the NBA a little bit of time to shake out. Is Philly for real? What's going on in Los Angeles? Who did they pick up in the offseason? Does Houston find a way to pay me? I actually think there might be a way he ends up a Houston Rocket and... Wait for it. James Harden, not in a Rockets uniform. I think there's a chance maybe that happens. Um, There's a lot going on here. Uh, I will amend my statement. I know people think I mean LeBron's leaving at the end of this season no matter what. Uh, I may have positioned myself that way. I'll reiterate now by saying I believe his career ends without him. I don't believe his career ends without him being in another jersey. I don't know if it's this year, next year, whatever. I maintain his career will have another jersey attached to it. That's what I think. And I don't think that that's that crazy. We've seen a million athletes tell you the, the you know sell you hook, line, and sinker on what sounds good from a podium, and then when it comes time to go, it comes time to go. It's just the way it is, and I maintain that I, that to be true. Now, one of the, these theories that I heard yesterday that I think is crazy is he sits out a year and says, you know what, I'm going to take a time, spend this year with my family, and then pull a Michael. I'm going to take this year off, do what I want, and then I'm coming back after that. I don't see it. I think. LeBron knows I got a window here, and I'm going to capitalize. I'm going to play every last chance I get. What? I guess I don't understand why. Well, their theory is knows the Cavs aren't good enough to win. This is Colin Coward's argument: is that he's, he may sit out a year if he loses this finals. Knows the Cavs can't win. Doesn't know if, if Los Angeles will be good enough as of yet. Let's wait. Give Lonzo another year. Take a look at it. Philly. Let's give Ben Simmons one more year. I'll raise my kids for this year. Take a year off. I know I can come back when I want. Then I know the league will open it right back up, and he'll usher himself right back into a more perfect situation. His argument essentially is that two years from now, the situations may be better than this one. Now he was countered yesterday on Speak for Yourself by Chris Broussard by saying that, and I and I am with Broussard on this that if you just walk away because the perfect situation isn't there for you to beat the Warriors and you wait a year to find the perfect situation that that's worse than what KD did I can't even come up with like and I agree but why why would it I I, I guess to me it's like if if you if your end goal is to beat the Warriors you're going to go to a team that is going to start to build itself around you and the strengths that you have as the best player on the planet. If you wait another year, you're going to be in the same situation you are of like, I don't know which one of these teams is going to be capable of doing this. That that's that's that feels like a really bunk argument to that, me. That's a honestly that's for a guy who I people call him hot takey. I don't think Colin Coward's all that much of a hot take guy. I know people think he is. I, I it's not it's not the label I would give him, but this take is bad. That that's a bad take. Why and I guess it applies same to me the same logic of like, well, if he extends this player option and plays for the Cavaliers for another year, why would it be? Why would the picture be clearer a year from now than because it is young guys today? in the league have another season underneath their belt and they're and they're a little bit more seasoned. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, um, I, I mean, but but then there's going to be like, well, what other moves happen in the NBA offseason? As much uncertainty as there is today, there's going to be tomorrow. I, I I don't think that changes. Is that true in Philly? I mean, those guys are locked down, right? I, there's going to be moves with, I mean, there's there's plenty of free agency things where it's like, would that, you can think that like, yeah, well, with a year's worth of time, but you're putting a lot of faith into your ability to like predict the future. So no, I I, I would say if you're going to do it, do it now. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any chance he sits out. I do think there's a chance he signs a year option with the Cavs, does one more and then leaves. I do think that there there is an option with that. Now, 
Again, if he should, and I believe LeBron feels like right now he's playing with house money. I believe he thinks in the back of his mind that ultimately he knows this team shouldn't even be there. That if I wasn't as good as I am in year 15, we wouldn't have even sniffed this. So there is an opportunity for ultra-relaxed, no-pressure LeBron James to go out and play basketball, and great things can happen there. I... Don't think they win this series, but I can't bet against LeBron James in a championship series. It just doesn't feel like smart money. But I I think that if they do pull it off, that you have the better take, which is if he takes the year off, he does it by legitimately saying, you know what, there you go, Cleveland. There's two. I'm done. Kids are in high school. Everybody was right. I do want him at St. V, but that doesn't mean I want to play. I'm done. I'm walking away from it. I think there's a better chance of that than just sitting out a year. Yeah, definitely. When it's all said and done, he will live here. There's no question in my mind about this. Like his oh, kids are yes. going to St. Vincent St. Mary's. That's that's the truth of it. Um, what I've heard recently, and this was from a pretty decent inside source, um, is that LeBron is hell bent on the idea of playing in the NBA with his son. Like he is, that's what it's now about to him. It's not, he's got almost every individual accomplishment at this point. He'll continue to add on to that. Son's a freshman right now, Son's right? Son's a freshman. So you'd have five years left. And oh, LeBron's got five years, no problem. Dude, no problem. Fi- in five years, he's probably still the second best player in the league. He's a top Third. 10 for sure. He's a, well, Yeah, I think he's top five for sure in five years. And, 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 and at this point, it's interesting to think too, because like at this point, LeBron could go mercenary style and go play for Houston next year and then decide, you know what, I'm going to go play with Philly the year after that. And then you know what? Hey, Los Angeles, something's happening there, and he could still come back and play two years in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's very like. And, well, and he's not going to be the greatest player on the planet at that point, but like, dude, I, you still open up your arms and say, "Bro, come back to us." Notice, I, I I'm not saying he won't retire a Cavalier. Notice how I won't say that phrase because I do believe that that may happen. That that could be the end road. I do believe there's another jersey in the career. But will he come back and do a year or maybe a 10-day contract so the jersey gets retired, goes into the Hall of Fame as a Cavalier, that whole thing? Absolutely. Now, why do you think that he wants to go in as a Cavalier? Is it like a loyalty to the brand or... I mean, um, if he hates Dan Gilbert so much and he's trying to screw over the team and he's trying... You know what I mean? Like, And he, and he hates it. Why better would- story. Okay. And that matters. It is a better story. Um, and It's a better story than the Heat. And... Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He has played the bulk of his years in a Cavalier jersey, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think that that I think he knows it's a better story to go back in as a Cavalier to to do that. And I think we've seen guys do that, retire, ten day contract, kind of do that thing. Oh, okay, technically you're a Cavalier, but you're not. Or, yeah, but if he were to go to Philadelphia and he were to win two out of the next three championships, wouldn't it be like, well, then, well, that, then you know, that, well, again, you're changing the narrative there. If you, if you do actually win championships, then then he may change the if opinion. And if that's what he's going going for is putting himself into that situation. It's just, it, it, it's strange because on one hand, I very much feel like, well, there's some sort of loyalty here. There is some sort of like, he feels, you know, this is, this is the brand that represents him and this is what he wants to be with. Um, I don't know if these are going to be the last seven, four to seven games that he plays as a Cavalier. Um, at the end of the day, I'm just going to try to sit back and number one, stay awake because goddamn, these things start at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. I understand there's West Coast people and it's a West Coast game, and it's a West Coast team, and like, dude, you got you got you got to do that. But you can't give me a, you can't give me a, 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 a six o'clock start, a seven o'clock start. You, know, you can't do that. I always hear this argument of you got to think about the people who bought tickets and they got to get off work and go home and change this and that. How many of those people holding those tickets for game one do you think went to the office today? 
Well, and right, if you're in the situation, and I think tickets like Loudville tickets were starting at like three three hundred plus at this point. You've so got if you to, think the guy at the plant is right, up there, right, right, mean, dude, right. come on. There's a little bit of an argument in that too. I mean, I don't want to screw over the averages because we're one of those. We're blue collar yeah, guys. Yeah. Names on our shirt. Yeah. We're definitely those kind of. You know what I mean? That's that. That's the class of people we're in for sure. So I don't want to screw ourselves over by by that. But I don't think a lot of people are probably going to the. Going to the office the day they got Game One NBA Finals tickets. I'm not sure they get screwed by my moving the time backwards. Yeah, I mean nine o'clock, dude. That it's it, game won't be over till midnight. I mean, like that's a realistic because it's going to take uh, longer. It'll be a later start point than nine o'clock. Game won't be over till midnight. Yeah, dude, it's this like, sucks for me because dude, I got to go someplace to watch it. I'm a cord cutter, so like I got to figure out where to go. They've got streams available. I know there's one on e- Watch ESPN. Um, well, I need login info. Seven day, you can get a seven day free trial of it, and it's four nine. If you buy it individually a month, do I have to hear Jamil Hill talk to me about like all things matter or whatever before I get to watch NBA games, or do I just get to watch the NBA game? I just want to watch the NBA game. I don't know if ESPN's the stream I necessarily want to go with. I'm being asked all morning about it. So, yes, I am going to address this Keith Olbermann issue over the fact that Disney has picked him up and yet wants to move off of Roseanne. They are similar. They are, of course, at the end of the day, though, very different arguments. And I think I have an angle at this you're not expecting. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. 930 will pass out those Slayer tickets. Stacy letting me know via Twitter that the uh, NBA Finals game won tonight is on ABC. You should be able to get it off your antenna. And I have one of those digital antennas. And I don't know if it's where I live downtown, but that thing brings in not one channel for me. Not one. I, I bought think, one last year. It cost me like 35 bucks. It, it brings me not one channel. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it just kind of depends on where you have it placed and, you know, how strong it is. But it's, it, 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 you know, the 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 signal originates in Cleveland. So I'm not necessarily shocked to know that, you know, an hour south, it's like, yeah, not coming in great here. Yeah, I think it's your proximity to the actual where the signal, you know, originates. And I must just be in a bad location for that. I, I've never been able to get that thing to work. I've tried for a year, multiple events, multiple things on TV, and it won't do anything for me. And I think that's probably by design. I'll end up going out for this game, and I, I'm all right with it. I did, you know, a couple of IPAs watching LeBron James play, not the worst idea in the world. It's just, dude. I, Dude, I ate like a maniac all weekend, and I just don't want to fall into the trap of, eh, well, one more day. You know what I mean? Like, I did, because I didn't yesterday. And so, like, I just don't want to fall back in that trap. But if you put cheese sticks on a table, I'm going to eat them. I got to get into this Keith Olbermann stuff because people are, well, accusing me of avoiding, you know, the hypocrisy and the double standard in this. And I don't know how you could be doing that. I've said for now a day and a half on the program that there is absolutely a double standard in these things. And that if you're going to take Roseanne off of TV, then Joy Reid should be taken off TV. And Joy Behar has said enough inflammatory things about wide, massive groups of people that if we're going to do it, then you got to do it. Right? So I, I would agree that there's a double standard here and that these people that run these networks do lean left and they will excuse people that they kind of like. As a matter of, you know, um, they will excuse people they like and, and go hunt after people that they necessarily maybe don't like but are willing to be in business with to make some money. 
I don't believe Roseanne was taken off of TV over the fact that it was a political-based show or had conservative views on the show. That's why they bought it, is that they did it. They weren't going to remove her off of anything that had happened from the writer's room. They have final edit over what goes over to the TV, so if it was going to be that, they would have just edited it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like this was like, dude, this episode went too far, and now we're taking it off. I mean, that's not what happened. That's back-in-the-day stuff when TV networks would kind of pretend, oh, well, we didn't know what was going on with the creative and stuff, but it's like, dude, the TV's been demystified now. We know all that's BS. And so you can't go to that anymore. So I don't believe she was removed from the network or the show was going to be moved from the network over what the politics of the show were. That's why they did it, is because they wanted to provide a little balance because they were being accused of not having any balance. Yeah, I mean, they beat their chest about it. That's why, like, they, right. I mean, dude, you don't hire this show to fire it over what it was going to be anyway. Like, that's crazy. This the, Her removal was solely tweet-based. I believe that. Now, I may be naive. Maybe I I am. I don't believe so. But this Keith Olbermann thing, because ESPN is owned by the same company. Disney ultimately is the end road here. And they hired Keith Olbermann, I guess, on the same day that they kind of like moved off of Roseanne. Now, people are going to want to make this the same thing. Now, he had awful things to say about the president. And I would admit, I don't love how much he goes to calling him a Nazi. Like, I think you got to be careful with that. I think a... I think even I think people who even disagree with Trump would say, dude, liberally applying the term Nazi on people waters down what the Nazis really were. And I think there's a great argument in that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people go to this argument in pretty much anything. I think it's one of like the rules of the Internet is if you stick around for a conversation long enough, somebody's going to call somebody else a Nazi. Um, I feel the same way when people just start throwing around terrorists where it's like, guys, what, what these words mean something just because it's something that you don't like doesn't mean it's oh, that's a Nazi. Oh, I that's agree. a terrorist. Like you, like these these words mean something. They have to mean something, otherwise they mean nothing. All right. So I have to paraphrase some of these Keith Olbermann tweets because honestly, you can't even say them on the radio. F you, Nazi, Nazi, effing Nazi, racist, Nazi, bigot. Go f yourself, effing Nazi, effers. Now here's my problem with ESPN hiring Keith Olbermann. It's not the double standard, which there totally is, and that is disgusting. It's that this person has been a news journalist, has been a sports journalist forever. And these are the tweets that he's composing. My point is, is that we may be seeing an unraveling here of Keith Olbermann where, dude, is what is this? Is this great broadcaster we once esteemed still in there that this is what you're crafting that I would tell that I would say that, dude, if you cannot articulate your point without sounding like a four year old, that that's concerning for me. And I don't know if I want to cut you loose on one of my networks. Now, his old broadcasting partner, Dan Patrick, has been on record saying, I love Keith. I love him, but he is a complete I, I don't want to miss I don't want to misquote Dan Patrick here. But he had I, I will paraphrase. He had talked openly about how difficult it was for other people, not himself, but for other people in the hallways at ESPN to work with Keith. That he was a thrower of items at underlings, that he was a stand on top of your desk and scream at people so they would be more quiet, ironically. And that he is a little bit of a loose cannon. That's why I wouldn't want Keith Olbermann, is that these tweets aren't articulate. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I take your point of that. Obviously, he's not he's not presenting himself well, but I have different standards for what I'm going to allow an ESPN anchor to do versus an ABC show I'm going to allow. Yeah, to do. and I think my standards would be a lot less for, for a comedic actor on a TV show than it would be for somebody that's coming from an information source. Family-friendly, like ABC, hey, the whole family sitting around watching it, ESPN, an adult-based entertainment. Uh, I, yes, that's how they would that's how they would argue it away but to pretend that 13 year olds aren't watching uh, sports center would be so, crazy so any so if i've been using if i've used uh, vulgarities in a, in a in a public fashion that's that's going to be enough i don't think that's a that, that's a bridge too far what i but people are right here there is a double standard i think here. i think the nazi argument i don't care about the vulgarity dude swear all you want to if if abc finds that appropriate or disney finds that appropriate for their brand you go ahead and do it i think the nazi argument has a lot more weight to oh it. i agree that's definitely where the issues are for me. I, I think, honestly, I don't think the TV networks could hold their stars to non-vulgarity clauses on Twitter. We, they would want to, but I don't think you could I don't think you could realistically do it. Our company wants to. We, we can't hold the president to that. You know what I'm right. saying? So like there's there's going right. to be a line there of like I, I, Keith Olbermann, do I do I agree saying F Trump, F Trump, F Trump? Yes, dude, you look like a child. You look like you just learned how to swear or something like that. Um going going to Nazi is like that's where it's too far. Now, you can make the argument of, well, you're trying to call out racism and be against racism as opposed to perpetrating racism. There's, is, there, is there a difference there between like saying, you know... No, tactics are tactics. And so if you want to be the bully who makes fun of people and says things, then I, again, I'm okay with the network doing what they want to do and running their network the way they want to do it. Picking and choosing where they do it is going to be a problem. And... Firing one person and hiring a person guilty of this kind of stuff on the same day is not smart. For a company that's made smart moves over the last five years and who has awful history going all the way back to its original owner, who has done good job over the last few years cleaning up their reputation, this was a dumb move same day. This was kind Yeah, same day for sure. Wait, I mean, come on. You didn't see this problem coming down the pipeline here? Right. Now, now all of a sudden, now you've, now you've turned Roseanne into a martyr by hiring Keith Olbermann. Like, dude, this hurts you. And by not going after, dude, again, I think people need to go back and read that Joy Reid blog. She was awful to LGBTQ people. Awful. And again, dude, we do do this. Our side of the political aisle does do this. We excuse away our own. We do. But do you, as Dan Sansbury, not as a leftist, not as somebody who's trying to stand, but like, so so Joy Reid should be fired for what she said in that blog post. Roseanne should be fired for what she said in that tweet. I think if you fire one, you got to fire both. But do you, is what I'm asking you, if you're the head of ABC, are you firing both those people? Or are you saying, well, this is... <sighs> okay. All right, I got to give you the truth here. I think in 2018, I probably do what ABC did because honestly, Twitter makes me. But if, if, if I didn't have, if, if, dude, if you people didn't have social media, would I have taken Roseanne? If Roseanne had been caught saying what she tweeted out in a newspaper, would I have taken Roseanne off the air and risked, and risked the revenue juggernaut? No. It's only because we have the voice of everybody now. And I know that you say, you just heard me say that and go, well, good, because we're getting rid of this stuff, right? And I know that's what you think. I worry about where we go. I worry about how far this goes. And I have to be concerned about this on a different level than you because I am hosting a show right now. I have to care about this in a different way than most people do. So is it that you can say nothing so far as I would fire you? Or is it that, like, well, this wasn't bad enough? I would be in, I would be as, if I was running a network, I think, 
I would take the Michael Jordan approach, and I would say, do conservatives buy shoes? Racists too. buy shoes too. People buy shoes too. And like at the end of the day, I, 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 all I'm doing is putting things on television for people to consume. Do you feel like what Roseanne said yesterday was was indicative of of what the right feels like, or is this you just trying to play your cards correctly here? Uh, it, I feel like this is what the eccentrics of the right feel, and like what media does well on both sides here is show you the because I always get guilty of going, you know, these leftists want to give their kids hormone blockers. And it's like, well, yeah, a couple thousand of them do. The party doesn't. And so much like the same thing, I feel like it is indicative of what the eccentrics on the right think, but not what the bulk on the right think. However, I do agree with people like Ben Shapiro who say you keep doing this stuff and making it all about Trump and you make it all his fault and you do all this stuff and you hire Keith Olbermann, but move Roseanne is how you got Trump and it's how you get him again. I do agree with that. Shouldn't it be applauded? then because that's one of the things that keeps being said is like well the left is so much better at doing this but they keep losing so it's like well keep playing your get plays idiots well why what makes them better at it is that they actually do get it done in the moment they do actually when they headhunt they do get the head they hunt and that does make them good at it but i do believe that there is a chance that you are going to turn middle of the road people who don't necessarily view donald trump to be the evil force that some of you might like to think that he is and you might make them more sympathetic to you i said it during the during the election, I said you have liberal friends who like this guy more than they're willing to tell you at dinner because they don't want to hear your spiel about how bad he is. And I told you there were going to be people who liked what he was doing, who liked what he was saying, who weren't going to say it out loud. But I don't believe what Roseanne does or what Rose, what people think the worst of Roseanne is, is the actual opinion of most people on the right. I think it's the eccentrics and the squeaky wheels get grease on both sides of the aisle. That's exactly why Elizabeth Warren gets paid all the attention to and why Roseanne gets paid attention to because they're both lunatics on the far end of their spectrums. And that's what, and that's what we want to pay attention to because again, this is what I'm always preaching on this program. We're not interested in information. We want and entertainment that's what we're after and look at all we have is entertainment more stansbury show right around the corner guess hang on dan stansbury and his boy wonder matt fantone at last two heroes the stansbury show rock 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show we're on rock 106.9 we'll pass out those slayer tickets that uh will be 9 30 on the program you're getting slayer anthrax testament behemoth lamb of god all at blossom june 7th Whoa, what a great Blossom show, too. Oh, dude, I always say I love Blossom, and there are Blossoms everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I went to the White River Amphitheater in Washington State, and I saw Motley Crue and Kiss. And when I went there, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is Blossom. But there's something special about I there's something about that venue that I just love. I don't know what it is. I think it's outdoor. Obviously, I think there's definitely a, a component of that. I just always say even lawn. Put me in the lawn. Give me a big, tall beer. Nice, warm summer night and a band I like. Man, is that a good night? I think of the bigger venues in in, in the area. You know, you got the Q, you got CSU. You know, the bigger ones blossom. I think I have most of my younger memories of concerts there. Now you start to throw in like some of the smaller clubs, like I, you know, Peabody's, I can, things in like the that, grog yeah. shop and yeah. stuff like that. Like I can certainly be like, man, I went to a lot of shows there too. But for like the big venues, when I was like 15, 16, 17, and like you know, that's where I felt like all the concerts, concerts we went series. to. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's where we were. 
I mean, Steve Miller every year was like a must when I was in high school. That was like a like it was like a show. Like you like planned it. Like who are you going with? It was like the, I mean, honestly, it was like prom too. It the, like that was like a big tour every year. Um, there was the mudslide the one year at that actually. Yeah, I mean, it, I I do too. I have very fond memories of that, and I like outdoor shows, beer in hand, warm weather. Love it. God, I love summer. I like I I do that all the time, dude. The thing about Ohio. Once it snows once, I'm like, I gotta get me out of here. This place sucks. But like the moment the weather's good, I never think about leaving Ohio ever. Yeah, and I guess you can debate on whether on whether the weather has been good over the past two three days because it's been so hot and it's been so sticky and it's been so muggy and crappy. But like, dude, at the end of the day, it's not winter, and like I will not complain. You're not going to see me like, dude, just so sweaty out here. The thing I will complain about is people not wearing deodorant on hot days. You idiots, put on some deodorant. Cost two dollars at, at for sale everywhere you go. Go buy some deodorant. But dude, it is it has been it has been. Just balls ass hot sweaty dude. Oh dude, your boy's been bonded up every day. Just every day, bond them. Just, just yeah, you gotta bond the boys. I uh, that's a that's the new hashtag for the show. Bond the boys. You gotta do it because it has. It's been it's been well, it's been scorcher heat out there. Yeah, it's uh it's yeah it's been muggy. Um, but I like you. I'm not gonna bitch about it no. just because, dude. I felt like we did January four times. No, I'm not gonna bitch about it. You know what I mean? I I can't do it. So you sent me this article, and I believe you did this just to be a jerk. Here it is. You will do that a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> never show prep. Never trying to like make the show better. I'm just trying to make Sands very feel worse. That's kind of true. Yeah, I was going to say, true. yeah. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> and sides. I had been on this train, and I think that you um, you are an observer of me. Yeah. And, um, and I think you will know that you have seen a <laughs> drop-off in this behavior with me because I stopped doing it because I was suspicious of this, too. But they've done a study now, and they now know there is very little to none, actually, benefit to the vitamins you're taking. Most mineral supplements provide absolutely no health benefit, they say. Okay. Now, I had been on a multivitamin, mm-hmm. B12, a D, a, a D, and a, um, like a flaxseed. And uh, an omega three pill. Were you just walking through like <laughs> the vitamin section to start throwing stuff in there? <laughs> I was believing stuff I read online. Okay. And taking things that you know, well, this will help this, and this will help this, and this will help this, and like B twelve is supposed to like you know help you turn your food into energy. Okay. And D's what you get from the sun. There's a little bit of that. Omegas kind of help with like skin and heart. They say that now again, this is what all the claims were. Yeah. And a multi is like I don't know. I guess like praying. You know? Right. <laughs> just get them all in there. You know? Okay. I mean, but it turns out no, dude. They've done a study now. They looked at multivitamins, vitamin D, calcium, and vitamin C. Absolutely zero health benefit to these things. Okay. And so it basically it's it's snake oil, and I, like I had bought all these. I I got dude. I got and here's the thing that's crazy about vitamins is the money. Oh yeah, dude. Those omega three pills I think were like nineteen dollars for like sixty. It's something crazy. I think a part of the problem is here is that these are kind of used. As opposed to like actual medical treatment. Well, where, that's crazy. Well, I think why I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm just trying to get healthier. Therefore, vitamins. The more I have, the better. And it's like if you are trying to get healthier and you're you're eating a a, a relatively healthy diet, 
all of your vitamins should be met within the day anyway. If you're eating fruits and vegetables throughout the day, you're going to get your your, your requirements. Well, the there. big the, the big knock naysayers have had on vitamins for a long, long time is when you turn the side of the bottle and it tells you the percentage of them. It's most people will make the argument your body doesn't even take in. There's your body won't take in this much of this, right? And I, I know vitamin C is definitely one of those ones where it's like, well, I got to eat three oranges and I got to drink some orange juice and then I'm going to take a vitamin C pill and I'm never going to get a cold ever again in my life. And it's like. Like, dude, if you're if you're if you're taking that much throughout the day, you're literally just peeing all that vitamin C out. Your body's not going to be able to take, you know, the the emergency pill plus the three oranges plus the orange juice. Well, you, I need you to Google something for okay. me. I, I I had always heard this, and I don't know if it's an old wives' tale okay. or not. This is one of those things I believed okay. for years, and I want to find out if it's right. But as when I once upon a time I was a cigarette smoker, I quit over five years ago, and I I can't thank the person that told me to Good quit enough. And but I had always heard that smoking a cigarette depletes your body of vitamin C by half, and that if you were taking vitamin C and then smoking cigarettes, that, that they that they they, they kind of knocked each other out. Research has shown that uh, levels of vitamin C are generally lower than the normal blood of smokers in the normal blood of smokers. Um, so, well, WebMD, though, vitamin C is not a smoker's salvation. So I think this is probably one of those things. But it, here's my thought on this. It's not is the smoked cigarette, is, is that the thing that's causing your vitamin C deficiency? I'm going to assume if you're the kind of person who's going to smoke cigarettes, you're going to be less likely to be indulging in a healthy, healthy diet. At all. You're going to be more likely to not wear your seatbelt. So it's not like cigarettes are causing more car accidents. You're a risk taker. You're a risk taker. Right. That's And that's why, you know, that's, that's, true. that's why you are who you are. You are. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. You are definitely more risky um, if you're if you're going to engage in those kind of behaviors. It's also not outside the bounds to think if you smoke cigarettes, maybe you're doing a couple of other things. Yeah, it's not unlikely. Um, if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, "Boy, oh boy, you've got a deficiency within this," you know, with within this zinc or whatever, right, right? Then okay, now you've got somebody telling you a medical professional. And I know we've talked about this in the past, just because they're you know wearing scrubs doesn't necessarily mean they have number one your best intention at heart or number two the most knowledge in the world. But at least you have some thing you're going with. I think a big part of the problem here is that people are just like, well, I got to be healthier. Uh, dude, you know what? I don't want to take accountability. You know what? I'll just take this pill. It's going to make me healthier. I'm going to be fine. I stopped taking them because I just felt like I can't even tell. Like there's other things. Like if I take aspirin for a headache, my headache goes right. away. I right. can tell the effect is felt where I was like, I'm spending all this money and what? And I feel this way not because of these vitamins. I feel this way because I'm working out four times a week. I'm eating better. I'm sleeping better. That's where all the benefits coming from. It's not these pills that I'm. Why am I take? Why am I paying for this? Now, I, I do think it's worth noting that if you have a kid, this probably isn't. You know, for children, it probably is. There probably is some sort of like, all right, Flintstone vitamins, suck those things down, kids, because you know you're growing. You've got a different. Now, you've got a different set of needs than a fully grown adult if, body does. If for nothing else. It just helps you sell all the other lies. You got to get good grades right. or you're not going to yep. be right. I mean, so like yep. you, Permanent start, record, okay. you start those lies early. <laughs> Santa, Flintone vitamins. You can't graduate high school if you don't complete gym class. You just got to keep those lies. You just got to keep them going. More Sansbury Show and Slayer tickets up for grabs 930 on Rock 106.9. The Stansbury Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069, online for you, WRQK.com. Those Slayer tickets up for grabs uh, around 930. We'll do those. Slayer, Anthrax, Testament, Behemoth, Lamb of God, Jesus. 
you take multiple breaths and just telling you how many people are playing it. That is, uh, that's going to be a good one. We'll pass out those tickets around 930. Uh, reading this to you now, or pulling this information for you now from Pro Football Talk, um, who I kind of have an issue with. I kind of find Mike Florio to be one of these annoying rabble-rousers who tries to create problems out of nowhere. Um, and he's been one of the very few NFL um, broadcasters who is resistant to admit that Colin Kaepernick might have not had starting capability. Most other people are at least willing to admit, yeah, it's crazy he's not a backup somewhere, but maybe he didn't have you know starting role components to him. I'm sure he's probably better than one or two of the starting quarterbacks in the league, given the fact that there's 32 of them. But I've always said I didn't believe that there was enough upside to Colin Kaepernick to deal with the downside or the headache that will come with it. And if it were me, I would have moved forward. But this now all about the national anthem, like protesting that had been going on with the NFL players. And Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And make no mistake about who Jerry Jones is. Jerry Jones is one of the most powerful sports owners in sports. Not just NFL, I think in all of sports. The Cowboys are a massive brand. Massive. And while testifying in the Kaepernick collusion like case, shared details of a phone call with the current president, Donald Trump. In quotes now. This is a very winning, strong issue for me, the president had told Jerry Jones. That according to Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal. Tell everybody... You can't win this one. This one lifts me. And I don't disagree that this happened. As a matter of fact, I would bet every last dollar I have that it did happen. And it's happened once before. It's happened to an industry almost as big as the NFL once before, where the president weighed in, called in a favor. You need to bail me out. I need a win here. And you're going to be the one that gives it to me. Once upon a time, this company, I had worked in a radio. I had worked for another radio station once upon a time. And at that time, it was pretty much on the heels of Janet. Janet had just happened a couple of years prior, one or two years prior. Okay. Where the whole thing at the, ironically, with the NFL happened, where she was on TV and Justin kind of ripped off her thing and... For some reason, Janet Jackson was the evil one, not Justin Timberlake. That was pretty weird, too. But again, that happened on TV. And what happened was TV adjusted not at all. There was a war on Howard Stern and Bubba the Love Sponge and shock jocks all throughout the country after Janet Jackson. They attacked radio, not television. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because at that time, the president of the country grew up in the same little town in Texas as one of the guys who was controlling one of the largest radio companies in the world. And called him up and said, Larry, this is bad, son. You got to help me with this. You got to help me with the morality of this nation. I got an election to win, son. You got to help me. And he called in a favor from a buddy of his from the same little town in Texas, and they took a war and took it to Howard Stern's doorstep over what happened with Janet Jackson. They made it about Bubba the Love Sponge, even though it happened on TV and not radio. And why did that happen? Because a guy called in a favor from his buddy that he grew up in the same little town in Texas and said, I, you need to help me win. And I need a win. Country needs a win. You're going to give me the morality win. And we did it. And we totally folded. We took songs off the radio. We took a, bu- dude, a bunch of stuff. We were examining what hosts were saying on the radio. And it's because the president called in a favor. This stuff happens. So to pretend that it doesn't is crazy. 
And more so, I don't even think it's bad. If in the end, the part of the Trump legacy is he got football back on track and we're concentrating on football, I think ultimately it is a win for him. And it's a feather in the cap and it's not something to demean him over. It's ultimately, dude, he's giving the American people what they really want, which is football on the TV. The only uh, the only issue I have with this is like, is it appropriate for the president of the United States of America to be weighing in in businesses decisions like this? Is it appropriate? No. Is it going to happen in the real world? Yes. Hold on. I guess that's it. Is it appropriate? No. Of course not. And and it, because dude, you have way too much power and influence. Although, aren't you the nation's leader? And shouldn't under times of conflict, shouldn't you lead? Well, but I mean, do you do this for every? I mean, you're doing this for 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 every brand well, out there. No, no like, and that's why you got to be careful doing it right. because the people are going to want that to be the standard, and it of course will not be. Right. I mean, there's going to be countless examples of like companies where it's like, well, we don't know what we should do here. Should the president be able to tell you what you put on the radio? Should they be able to put you? you know? Well, again, the president did. But and, and again, the reason why he was able to do that is you didn't have as much of a voice back then as you have now. You didn't have social media, at least not at the power you do now. You didn't have it. And so, dude, this kind of stuff going to be... You didn't even think... Nobody even nobody even put the question in your mind whether or not that was what was going on. But I know for a fact it was. Did you, as as a member of that company that was being told what to do, did you approve... Did you feel like that was appropriate for you? Like, I have to change my playlist now because the president tells me to. I felt like we were being unfairly putting under a microscope when it wasn't our issue. That it was a TV issue and we were going to clean it up with radio because that's where the personal relationship was. And I felt like that was not good. And I felt like what I was doing for a living was putting in the crosshairs. And I know that's how the NFL players look at this, too. And if I played in the NFL, that's how I would feel, too too, but I don't. So I'm going to feel this way. Does You know what I mean? Everybody's a little bit of a hypocrite. But ultimately, if part of Trump's legacy is he gets football back on track and we concentrate on football and not like the anthem issue, that will be seen as a win by, I think, both sides. You Dude, there are people who agree with what the players are doing. Who There are people who staunchly agree with what the players believe in. That don't want to see it on TV, who don't want who want you to shut up and just play. There are people who feel that way on both sides. I have my hand raised. I agree. There is there are wild problems running amok in police forces all, all across this country. I believe we highlight the bad versus the overall body, most of which being good, like we do with every problem, but I agree that it happens. And I agree that there is police brutality in this country. But I also, and as a guy who leans left, who votes mostly left, I voted across both party lines in my adult life, but mostly leans left. I wish we could just play. I do. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I went so far last year to tweet, don't do the anthem at all. Flip the goddamn coin. Let's play some football. Like, that's where I want to be. And I think there are people on both sides of that. And if the president puts his foot down and he gets that done, when the dust settles five, ten years down the road, when we look back on this presidency and we're not doing it in the hot take moment where we just give out our opinion and, and we make everything awful or everything awesome, I think ultimately... This will be where we're going to have to look back and kind of give him a, like a nod, a little tip of the cap. Like, yo, bro, I didn't love everything, but you got us back on track with that. And thanks. It was nice to just get back to playing a little bit of football. I think that I don't think ultimately this is necessarily bad. It's not appropriate ultimately in the end. And I worry about what happens. And again, slippery slope. And those are always loose arguments. But I worry about how far this goes with the meddling. But 
this is not the first time a president has meddled in something so he could get a win politically. This is legitimately what they do. This is partially their, it's not what we think their job is, but it's what the job requires them to do. Those Slayer tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Pass out those Slayer tickets momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need. Dude, I heard a rumor that Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs was in Canton, Ohio, talking to our good boy. And it's not a rumor, actually. He hit confirmed. me up stuff. Yeah, confirmed. That he was in town... To film a segment with our good buddy, friend of the program, Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp. I guess um, he's got a show, Mike Rowe does, his, uh, it's called Returning the Favor, mm-hmm. which apparently is a show that runs on Facebook. And uh, I guess this is where he finds like good people throughout the country and goes back and then does something nice for them. And if I have the facts of this right, that what Mike Rowe did was help Officer Lamar Sharp acquire a building for his Be a Better Me Foundation. If I have if I have my facts together, right? And Lamar texted me last night. He's like, dude, what a surreal day. He's like, you wouldn't believe. And I was like, man, I was like, I really like Mike. Like, I, I he can get a little carried away, and, and I don't always agree with everything he says, but I do believe in what he's always saying, that America got a little too far away from hard work, and, and we have placed too much of a premium on college degrees and not enough um, premium on, on jobs, and we've kind of sold a generation and a half full of people that if you don't have a degree, that what you do for a living doesn't matter, and that that probably was not best off for everybody in the country, and I would agree with that. So I kind of get, can, can get down with what a lot of what Mike Rowe wants to do, and at least this I can definitely get down with, where if you're going to take your time to find people who are doing good in their community and help them do some good and you know give them something back, because they should get something back from that. I um I don't know exactly where it is, but I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It's obviously somewhere downtown, and it's one of the storefronts. But it's going to be hard for you to miss because I mean, uh, the Be a Better Me Foundation is all over it, and like the main window, there's like a printed graphic that takes up the whole window, and it's Officer Lamar Sharp. He's like Superman in it. He's pulling his his jer- or not his jersey, oh, okay. his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his his uniform. He's pulling that apart, and the Be a Better Me Foundation logos underneath. Of oh, it. that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, you know, obviously cool. I uh, I don't know when this is going to be happening. Last time we had him in studio, he was like, "Dude, coming up on May 30th." He's like, "I don't know what it is. I got to be somewhere at some time. I know something's happening, but he didn't know what it was at this point." And uh, you know, he he mentioned a couple times, like, you know, I just wish I had a central location of where I could run things out of. Because I, I I would I would assume running a you know a nonprofit out of your cop car has got to be a tough thing to do. So now he's got somewhere like a concrete like a place to go. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, obviously great for the guy. The Be a Better Me Foundation um, it, it reaches out to young boys, young men. Uh, it's an eight week program for ages ten to sixteen, and you meet for a few hours once a week. And he kind of walks you through, I think, a lot of that kind of stuff, like, you know, um, you, uh, you know, manners, um, how to fill out job applications, 
um, how to be respectful, probably dressing a little bit better is going to be part of this. And like, you know what I mean? Making sure you're being respectful of your elders and, and things like that. And I think there are a lot of young kids in America, a lot of young men in America who are searching, who, who need strong male leadership. And, I, and, and now I know what people heard me say, and you think I just demonize single parent homes. That's not what I'm saying. I think there are a lot of kids growing up today, even with two parents, who do not have maybe as strong a leadership as they could have. Well, and I mean, boy, what a difference um, somebody else has on you, what, how much more influence they have on you than your parents. Because, yes, of course, at the end of the day, you learn who you are from your parents. Um, but y- I, I, I can look back at my life and a million different examples of my mom and my dad trying to tell me, no, dummy, this is what you should be doing. This is the lesson to be learned out of I this. Know, and I didn't and I didn't pick it up until a teacher or a coach or someone else in that role made it, it up. Right. Made it clear to me of like, no, this is how things work here. So, yeah, you, 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 you know, and I, I, I think there's plenty of young adults who are looking for that, you know, whether you're in, in the fourth grade or whether you're a dropout or whatever it is, you're looking for that positive, you know, male uh, mentor or whatever. And I think there's so many people and kids in that situation, but there's a lot less people who are willing to step up to the plate and take a, take, take a, take a role in it to take, take ownership of it. You know, so many people are like, oh, these kids, he's oh, well, it's like, what are you doing to help? What, what are you doing to help? How are you making this better? Because until then, I, I, you know, you're just complaining. Well, this is interesting. So the other day I was at the gym, right? And I'm in the sauna. And when you're in the sauna, there's a, you know, there's a door, obviously, but there's a glass inlay so you can look out and then you can see directly into the pool. Right. Right. So I'm in there and there's a couple of old dudes in there. We're all just sweating away. Just sweating it up. Just old man. Just, just gray hair everywhere. Just, just in this just in this 190 degree room <laughs> feeling miserable. What the hell am I doing in here? Just to have that going on. Just right? go outside, dude. It's 180 out there. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now, I guess that doesn't make any sense to be in there. And so there's a bunch of kids playing in the pool. Right? And they're running and they're being loud. And actually, dude, like... <laughs> The lifeguard yesterday, dude, she did. She wanted to like rip the skin off these kids because of how bad they were being, right? But I mean, welcome to it. They're kids, right? right? And so out of nowhere, no prompting whatsoever, this guy next to me just starts going into this like old man diatribe, get off my lawn, look at these kids, what a wreck and what how awful. And he's like, and so he realizes he's on this like spiel for a while and I haven't interjected myself. Right. right. And so he realizes like, oh, I better find a way to figure out where this dude's at on this. Right. So he starts giving me like these open ended things and like tries to like welcome me into this conversation. Right. And I said to him, I was like, I don't disagree that what's what happening right there is annoying. That for me, I would prefer not to have to deal with screaming and yelling and things like that in a, in, in a community, in a pool, right? Like, I think idea, I get what you're saying. Okay. I said, but where do you want them doing this? Because if you were driving down the street and there's a group of kids hanging out on the street corner, you would tell those kids to go do something productive. And now they're inside at the Y swimming, doing what they should be doing, which is being 10 years old, and now this isn't good enough? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we should, oh boy, I wish we could be at the pool without kids. Like, I guess. I mean, yeah, in the greater picture of things. Boy, I wish I had my own private pool. Like, boy, I, but if, if, dude, you're at the public pool. Yeah, there's going to be kids running around. I was like, this, this is what you want. To, you don't want them on the street corners, you know, getting in trouble, you know, spray painting stuff, but then when they do what they should be doing, you're still mad. But this goes back to that concept of free-range parenting, where it's like, well, 
well, yeah, if they're your kids, you feel like, yeah, they should be able to walk around and do whatever they want. As soon as they're kids you don't like, as soon as they're kids that you don't necessarily feel or like Or you almost good, hit one because you're texting and driving. Right now, right now, all of a sudden, where are the parents? They're just running around the streets in my neighborhood. And it's like, well, dude, free-range parenting or not, what do you want here? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like a 70-year-old man sweating his bees off. just like, And, dude, you could see the look in his eyes. Like He was piercing these kids' souls with his eyes. For playing at the pool. And I was like, God, Lord. what'd you think a handful of 10-year-olds were going to do at the swimming pool? Not enjoy. And here's all it was. It wasn't, they weren't being disrespectful. There's a little basketball hoop in there, and there was a little ruckus underneath the board of getting a ball. Okay. And guy, right, okay. they're just being 10. They're just kind of laughing, joking, having fun, splashing the water. And this guy, I was like, dude, and people think, I'm, is this right. where I'm going? <laughs> it's the future. Is, is, this, is, it, is, this, is it so goddamn hot in here that I'm seeing stuff? Is it like, is this the anti? Like, when you see like the water in the desert, I just see an old man in the heat, and I just get a vision of what I'm going to be like. I was like, this is, what else do you want these, where are these kids supposed to be kids? If they can't do it at the YMC, where the hell are they supposed to do it at? I almost went to the front and sponsored a kid for the year, but then they told me it was 400 and I was like, well, if the Cavs cover, I mean, then maybe, then maybe. we'll pass out those Slayer tickets to end the program. That's next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We have those Slayer tickets. We'll pass them out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. Cavs uh, and Warriors. Tonight, NBA Finals Game 1. There's no way I don't watch an NBA Finals game. I know it's late. I got to stay up. I got to watch it. Yeah, you're going to have to get the nap in this afternoon. Yeah, I'm not normally great at that, and I I normally fail miserably when I try, but I do want to attempt it today. I'm going to probably go for the late nap, and by that, I mean I'll probably try to go to bed at like 7, sleep till 9, then wake up and go. Oh, I think I thought you were going to say late. By late, Uh I thought you meant you'd go down at 4, get Uh up at like 7. Uh-uh. I'm saying like the game doesn't start till, the game doesn't start till nine and so at that point to me it's like well dude seven o'clock you know it's usually around bedtime so i'm normally in my bed at seven yeah i mean i normally i try to go to sleep at like eight eight thirty but i'm normally in my bed by seven o'clock so that's not out outside the the bounds of of reasonable for me i i want to bet this game i do i want to bet it what are the numbers what you got for me so caesars mm-hmm. and the hilton has it at golden state giving the Cavs 13 the MGM Mirage, where I would lay my bet, has it at Golden State minus 12 and a half. Um, the total being 214 and a half. Now, I think the totals might be the the bets to go here yeah. with, with, with this series because I worry that what we're in for is blowouts every night no matter who wins. I worry that the games... I've said I feel like this is the quickie part, too. I think it's maybe five games, maybe. Um, but I could be wildly wrong on that. As a matter of fact, I don't think you can rule LeBron out, and who knows, he could, you know what I mean? He could go next level and win the damn thing for all I know. But I think there's a chance that the series could be closer than any one particular game. I do agree that I think that teams are going to run away. I'm not sure 13's enough. No, 13's a dummy bet, especially when you consider that it's at home. If the Warriors get hot, which they probably will do, it's going to be a 30-point blowout. And 13 points, when you're yeah. talking three-pointers, is a couple of possessions for the Warriors. Yeah, it's not necessary. That, that, that doesn't feel like a safe bet. The over on the two, was it 214 and a half? 214 and a half. That's, that's a much better bet to me than the Cavs with 13 at, at, at Oakland, dude. That's just, that's a dummy's bet. Now, are you, are you betting the over? Of 214? Yeah. 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 
I, dude, I can see the Warriors putting up 120, 130 by themselves. He's I, throwing a 90 from the Cavaliers. Yeah, dude, I, that's a safe bet to me. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But, I, dude, your tweet on the Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 when, when you were talking about the low scoring in that game, that's what has me worried about it a little. Uh, the only thing I'll say about that is those were two teams, and for some reason or another, the Cavaliers turned into a pretty decent defensive team. Well, and the Celtics really, really sucked it up in that Game 7. Um, but those are two teams that were playing a defensive game. The Cavaliers all year were an offensive team. The Celtics were defensive, and the Warriors obviously are an offensive team. So I think you're going to get a gun. You're going to be going to get a shootout there. Um, and like I said, I don't think a score of 125 to 95 is out of the question at all. And that covers over the 214 for sure. That seems like a good bet to me. See, well, where I will get dumb is I will make the good bet on the over at 214 and a half. Right. But then as I'm on the phone, I'll tell my brother, dude, just lay the four hundred just lay the four five hundred on LeBron to win the game tonight. Dude, or, or to cover the thirteen. Just dude, just you know what I mean? Just lay it. We'll 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 spread both bets out pretty evenly. No harm, no foul it. Can 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 you imagine if they win tonight? I mean, like, dude, it is going to be wild. Okay, I'm gonna say this to you. What are you gonna say? If they win tonight, right. I'm coming in here tomorrow morning and I'm telling you that they win the series. If I don't you, know about that. But. If you steal game one in Golden State and you get in their head and you get in their head early, look out. Can you imagine Mark Munch Bishop tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. if the Cavs win tonight, dude? Brother, I'm telling you right now, brother, I'll go down to Oakland 53rd half, brother. If they win tonight Jesus, <laughs> at 7 o'clock, what will happen? I will pot Munch up. <laughs> I will turn my headphones down. We won't tell him anything, and he will carry you until 10 a.m. <laughs> that is the way. That, that is the way that will go down. I look. Here's the thing. I think game ones matter. I think they do. And I think if you can go into their building game one and you pull one out early in the series, then you do. You gotta. You gotta figure they have a better shot to win it than they did before. Of course, if you can steal a game in Oakland, yes, that is going to help you. If they walk out of the out of those first two games one and one, the Cavaliers have to look at that as a huge victory. I'm just concerned that will not happen. I, uh, I I I want to check this take out. I want to make sure I get this guy right because Dave from one of these like online shows at Big Play says if the Eagles can beat the Patriots with Nick Foles, then the Cavaliers can beat the Warriors with LeBron James. Now you're talking yeah. seven game series versus a one off game, but people counted Philly out, and by people I mean a guy named Stansbury talking to you right now. Yeah, everybody counted Philly out. And what happened? They shocked the world. Now there's a little Malcolm Butler not playing and Bill Belichick and yeah, I know, whatever. But you got to beat the team who's on the field in front of you and Nick Foles did it, right? So I don't think that's crazy logic. Again, Nick Foles not the best quarterback in the world. LeBron James is. I would take LeBron James over any one of Golden State's players yes. in this series right now. When you got the greatest player, anything in the world can happen. I don't think they win the series. I don't think they win tonight. But, dude, you don't think there's any way they keep it close enough for me to lay this 13? No, I don't. It, I honestly don't. If, 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 if it even did even were 23, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. That's not a good bet. It's not. <sighs> Man, I kind of want to do it, yeah, but today, I'm dumb. Yeah, today's payday, and you know you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. We just got paid soon. We're going to be like, all right, dude. Yeah, let's just take the whole check, <laughs> split it in two, fire it at two dummy bets, and just you know wait for somebody to come and turn me upside down and take all my goddamn money. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that. Slayer tickets up for grabs right now. We'll take caller 30, 1-800-243.
7625 on those. It's Slayer, Anthrax, Testament, Behemoth, and Lamb of God. That's all going down June 7th. Blossom. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at this live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Go Cavs. Have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.